It's Tuesday, March 7th. Today's WBFO brief was recorded around 8.30 in the morning. This is WBFO News. Here's Jay Moran. Six months after he was stabbed to death on the University of Buffalo North Campus, there has been no arrest for the murder of Buffalo State student Tyler Lewis. While the district attorney's office is disputing accusations over a lack of transparency in the case, Lewis family supporters suggest otherwise. Dr. Melina Abdullah, co-founder of the Los Angeles chapter of Black Lives Matter, believes race is an issue. If Tyler Lewis had been a young white student murdered on a university campus, we'd see justice moving quickly. We're demanding that justice moves quickly in the name of Tyler Lewis. An attorney for the Lewis family maintains the DA's office has convened a grand jury in the case and a suspect has been identified. State Senator Sean Ryan is calling on state officials to make safety improvements on an Amherst road. Ryan has penned a letter asking Department of Transportation Commissioner Marie-Therese Dominguez to conduct an immediate review of the section of North Forest Road between Union Road and Sheridan Drive. According to Ryan, the section is maintained by the state DOT and should be improved using complete streets principles. The changes, notably more connected sidewalks and traffic calming measures he maintains, would make the mostly residential roadway safer for pedestrians and bicyclists. And election officials are alerting voters to redistricting changes in Niagara County. Elections commissioners remind residents that candidates are asking for petition signatures in districts that have may have changed in the last year. A Buffalo woman was killed Sunday in Rochester when a concert audience rushed to exit the venue. 33-year-old Rondesia Belton was one of two people who died at the event at the Main Street Armory. Rochester police say Belton was among the injured and was taken to Strong Memorial Hospital, where she was later pronounced dead. An investigation is underway into what caused the fire at 745 Main Street last week, in which Buffalo firefighter Jason Arnold lost his life. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown says the investigation is now being jointly conducted by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, also known as ATF, along with the Buffalo Fire Department, Fire Marshals, New York State Fire and the Buffalo Police Department. WBFO's Holly Kirkpatrick has more. Speaking on scene Saturday, ATF Representative Walter Shaw said the investigation into what caused the fire at 745 Main Street is active and still in the early stages. It's very early in the investigation, and but we're looking at all aspects of, of fire causation within the structure. Um, we're interviewing people, uh, going throughout this uh, interview process, uh, getting witness statements, videos from surrounding businesses, and putting it all together and trying to create a timeline and trying to see exactly what happened. Last Wednesday, the day of the fire, Buffalo Fire Commissioner William Ronaldo told reporters that his investigators wanted to interview workers who were seen working with a torch in the vicinity of the building earlier that day. And speaking at the weekend, Brown said it appears that no work permits were issued for the address at the time the work was allegedly being carried out. We don't know exactly what type of work uh, was being done, but at the time of the fire, there were no permits in place. Former Western New York Congressman Chris Jacobs has owned the building since December. Permits are required for specific work to be carried out on commercial buildings. The permit section on the City of Buffalo's website has building permit application forms for renovations, signage, site improvements and parking, as well as new constructions. Holly Kirkpatrick, 
WBFO News. And as a post note, WBFO is collecting messages of condolence for firefighter Jason Arno. Call and leave your message at 877-997-WBFO. The sound recordings will be edited together and delivered to Buffalo Fire Commissioner William Ronaldo. Some messages may be played on the air. Governor Kathy Hochul's proposal to increase the number of charter schools in the state is getting some pushback from members of the public education community, including teachers unions and the state education department. As Albany correspondent Karen DeWitt reports, Hochul says the changes are minor and should not be causing any upset. Hochul wants to lift the regional cap on the number of charter schools in New York City and allow the licenses of charter schools that have closed in the past few years to be reissued to new ones. The change would allow for about 85 more charter schools across the state. The leaders of the state's major teachers union say that's a bad idea. United Federation of Teachers President Michael Mulgrew says Hochul is making the same mistakes many of her predecessors did. We cannot believe we're here having these conversations again when it is clear that parents in the community really do not want an expansion of charters at this point in time because they understand that the resources are being drained from the public schools. Most charters do not employ unionized workers. Mulgrew says charter schools, which under state law are required to be funded by public school districts, often cherry-pick students from a community. He says the schools seldom provide services for children whose families may be homeless or do not speak English as their first language, and they can expel rule-breaking students who must then re-enter the public schools. Even the state's education commissioner, Betty Rosa, is skeptical. At a recent joint legislative budget hearing, Rosa questioned why so many charter schools are created in black and brown neighborhoods, but seldom in predominantly white areas. If it's such a wonderful uh, experiment, then let me see it in places that embrace it other than communities of color. In New York, education commissioners do not work directly for governors. They're independently chosen by the Board of Regents. The regents are selected by the legislature. Charter school operators have been largely silent about the proposed changes, but some have come to the Capitol in recent days to support it. Marian Raka is CEO of the Black Latinx Asian Charter Collaborative. Charter schools are one of the most innovative and impactful tools that the legislature has created to deal with the educational inequities that face our communities. The legislature now has an opportunity to evolve that strategy by correcting a missed opportunity to put that tool in the hands of the community it was most intended to impact and help. Raka and other supporters and board members of the collaborative say the expansion is an opportunity for people of color to be in charge of more charter schools. Raka says only 6% of the state's charter schools are currently operated by non-whites and few of the teachers are black or brown. Her group would like to change that. They plan to meet with the legislature's black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, and Asian caucus to try to get them on board with Hochul's plan. Hochul, meanwhile, is downplaying the backlash to her proposal proposal, saying the changes aren't that controversial. I've simply said that we should look at the fact that there's a statewide cap. The legislature already approves 460 charter schools, but I never understood the logic of having a differential between New York City and the rest of the state. So, so I'm simply saying that we should just remove that arbitrary line 
and allow the growth to continue. And the governor says increasing the number of charter schools won't take away from public school funding. She's proposed record high spending for K-12 through education in her state budget proposal. So the argument that this takes away from public schools, uh, I won't allow that. The governor says she herself is a product of the public schools and she supports them. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. On to sports. The Buffalo Sabres lost last night 3-2 to two to the Edmonton Oilers at KeyBank Center. Jeff Skinner and Dylan Cousins scored for the Sabres. Edmonton's Connor McDavid scored twice to increase his league-leading goal total to 54 on the season. The Sabres visit the New York Islanders tonight. That game starts at 7.30. Be sure to like or subscribe so you can help others find this podcast. And if you love it, by all means, leave a review, too. The WBFO Brief Podcast and the award-winning journalism of WBFO's news team is made possible by members. Thanks for listening.